Hi, welcome to the Still Loading Podcast. Today we have Kaylise. Hello. Thanks for being back. We got Jared. Hello. And we got Jake. Hey. Today we are continuing kind of the conversation that we had last week, suicide, anxiety, and depression. And today um, on the show notes, as you could tell, it's more focused on anxiety, I would say. Um, We spent a good amount of time on the other subjects and we'll talk about it still just wherever the conversation goes but uh last week i mentioned it and i can't remember the exact study and i feel awful for not remembering where the study came from but prior to covid like literally around the same time that it became a really big thing that everybody knew about in march uh, a poll was taken or a study was done to see how many people dealt with anxiety and like stress in their lives and it was at about 30 percent and um another one was done in august 18th on august 18th i believe and it was at uh 52 percent so that it's crazy anxiety is a thing that everybody deals with and sometimes it comes in spades sometimes it's sporadic sometimes uh it's consistent but i think it's something that everybody experiences at some point in their life. And I, I know I've even had friends and myself when it first started happening as as I was growing older, it's almost like you thought, oh my gosh, there's something wrong with my in with my lungs or something, you know, or my internal or something's going on. And then I even had a friend, he he was freaking out. He thought he had cancer or something wild. And he went to the doctor and the doctor was just like, have you ever had anxiety before he's like i don't think so i don't know and he's like that's what it is that's what's happening right now but it's crazy and i'm sure you guys have had it before where it's just oof it's like debilitating uh to a point but in a practical sense uh and in whatever sense that you want this to be but how how in your personal lives maybe how does that look how does anxiety look in your personal lives and then also how do you guys deal with it I would say just work, work's pretty high stress all the time. So Uh it's like every single day. Um, So I have to do a really good job in my personal life of making sure I'm constantly kind of talking about what stresses me out or just letting it go. So um, main person, just because, you know, we have the most contacts, my girlfriend, I got to really do my best to really tell Jess and say, hey, this is what's kind of going on. This is where my head's at. And, uh, just let her know where I'm, how I'm feeling and usually I do a pretty good job or, you know, I'm in a couple of group texts with my close friends and I let them know, hey, this is kind of where I'm at right now. And I feel like for the most part, it's pretty good. It was kind of weird, though, for the first time in a really long time, I had a an anxiety attack and it was on while well, I was on vacation. And it was like the one time where I was like, oh, this shouldn't be a big deal. But I think I was just overwhelmed. Um, I was away from home from like 12 days, which was cool because I got to hang out and I was actually visiting friends over in Texas. And me and my girlfriend were on a walk and we were walking outside and we were talking about things and it just felt like at one time a rush of emotion came and it was just so much to handle. It was so much going on and I was like, wow, I am, I'm freaked out right now. And it was really scary and I don't know if you guys experienced that, but I haven't had like a legit like anxiety attack in a long time but Mm -hmm. it just was like really fast it's like 30 seconds and it was over and I was kind of like what just happened right now just kind of freaked out but for the most part I would say I handle my anxiety pretty well but Mm -hmm. every now and then it's like it just kind of builds up and it all happens at Mm -hmm. one time what like what does that look like because it may uh, be different for some people 
And mm-hmm. I think uh, just getting different perspectives on this specifically is good because some people, like my friend, it may be happening to them. They're like, why is this happening? So what is it? You said an anxiety attack. So mm-hmm. what does that necessarily look like? Uh, for me, it was just, like I said, it was a sudden onset of a lot of emotion. Um, we were just kind of talking and I was I was frustrated about something and I kind of was explaining that to her and I was like, no, like, we're cool. Everything's good. I'm just kind of frustrated about something. And then, like, at least for me, I kind of get detached. Mm-hmm. I kind of like, okay, like, mm, I get really, really in my head. So I was kind of thinking about something and I was like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. And I'm getting upset. And then it, it's just one of those weird things where it was like, I, I completely kind of just, I separated where mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still there. I'm still talking, but I am so far deep in my head. Like you could slap me in the face and I, I wouldn't even have been noticed because I am fixated. Mm-hmm. That's why I know like, even if you download some of those like anxiety or like whatever kind of apps on the app store, um, it tells you to focus on the things around you or say the things around you or say the things that like, oh, I see one, two, three, four trees mm-hmm. something like that it helps you stay focused on where you're at right now but mm-hmm. for me um it was just really just a ton a ton of emotion and it kind of clouded my senses like my mind was just filled with all these thoughts of things that stressed me out mm-hmm. and after about 30 seconds i was like wow i feel it's just like an adrenaline dump i guess mm-hmm. anybody that's like been um an athlete or something like that, you could feel that adrenaline dump where you, like when you run and after that, everything just settles down. You're like, oh, mm. you kind of come back to equilibrium and equilibrium, and it's a uh, strange. It's very mm. strange. Anxiety attacks are scary, dude. Like yeah. especially if you know. I'm really glad that you brought up that it looks different for everyone because um, if you don't, if you've never experience it before or you don't know what to look for i mean it's so hard to know what to look for if yeah you know because it can come on in um such different ways and i really relate to that detachment that you're mentioning jared like you just like feel so like in yourself almost mm-hmm. um when i was in college my i was home from school and um this was right before my sophomore year during the summer um which is interesting, again, that you mentioned you were on vacation and away from home. I was away from a point or a place that would have been anxiety-filled school, and I was at right. home. And um, that summer, I started experiencing like extreme anxiety attacks. Like I was hospitalized at one point for Jeez. it, and it turned into um, – it manifested itself as shaking and as tremors. So my body would just like start shaking uncontrollably and um, – looking like I was having a seizure almost. Um, and the first time it ever happened, it was so scary cause I had no clue what was going on. Mm. Um, sorry, even just thinking about it, like <laughs> brings up like those feelings in where your heart starts racing and, and yeah. everything. Um, and just not knowing what it looked like and an ambulance ended up coming. And, um, when I was in the ambulance, they kept, <laughs> I remember so vividly, the paramedics kept asking me, they kept saying, um, it's okay. You can tell us what drugs you took. Like they thought I was overdosed on drugs. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jeez. I know it was super crazy. And I kept telling them like, no, I promise. Like uh, I don't do like, drugs. Dude. I've never done drugs before. Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just, okay. And no that problem. probably didn't help. No. Well, and then I'm <laughs> freaking out. Cause I'm like, did I do something wrong? Uh-huh. And I'm like, so, you know, I don't want to get in trouble. Um, and so they 
ran like the tests and everything and they came back clean Mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, and I was just in the hospital bed, just shaking for so long, like not knowing what was happening. And the doctor came and he's like, you know, I think what you're experiencing is an anxiety attack. And I was like, I didn't even know it could manifest so physically, you know, when I think before, when I thought of anxiety, it was, um, just like a mental thing, like a deep Mm -hmm. worry or fear, but it literally presented itself in physical forms. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it just, it's so good to know it can present itself in different ways, you know, for so many people. It's, it's a scary feeling that is for sure. Absolutely. Jake. I think that it's, you said something, or maybe I don't remember who, but the idea that everybody deals with anxiety, it's just like how you deal with it and how you handle it, you know? Everybody has a little bit of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, like for me, I've never really had like an anxiety attack where I felt like shaking or felt like uh, Raina has, and she she won't care if I talk about it, but she will get that like in the middle of the night and it happens not very often, but when it does, it's like she like will be out of her sleep, boom, like hi- almost hyperventilating, like breathe, can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. She has like her Fitbit on, she's like checking her heart rate, and it's like fine, it's like the same as it always has been. But in mm-hmm. her head, she's like, no, something is wrong. Um, and so I've I've had to be on the other side of it where I'm like trying to like, okay, it's all good, like you're good, you're fine, you're okay, mm-hmm. you're you know, come back. Um, and usually I'm able to calm her down, but I mean. It's true. It's so di- it's the same thing but it manifests so different for people. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I don't like I said I don't, I don't never had an attack where it's physically manifesting but I deal with my anxiety in just different I kind of scramble like in my life I make decisions. I mm. do things when I feel like I'm out of control. Mm. Like I totally. I feel like I need to, you know, not necessarily like buy something but like I need to make a change of in some sort of something, right? Yeah. But for me it's subtle. But if you were to really like follow the trail, it goes back to like anxiety and feeling out of control, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of been my story. Like recently I've talked to you about it. Mm-hmm. I've just been like, dude, I can't, I can't get it together, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. It's such a, such a weird thing and it attacks people so differently. Mm-hmm. It's interesting you know? that you said like in your decision making. Yeah. I don't know why I find that so fascinating because uh, all of us have to make decisions every day. And more often than not, when your life is in disorder, you will experience higher levels of anxiety, you know? Uh, And it's not to say that if your life's in perfect order that you're not going to experience it. But uh, when there's not very many rhythms or routines to what you got going on, it just adds more decision-making you have have to your plate. And so it just, just adds more stress and elevates kind of every decision you make because you're you're kind of just reacting to life at that point you know yeah and i'm well i was gonna say i'm also like a very i like rhythms and i like mm. my week pretty much looks the same every week mm. and i like that and no i'm gonna put you on the spot because i love you but I just <laughs> like ahead. like in all honesty where it's like when if you're late mm-hmm. my brain automatically goes to okay so hold on wait okay so i still got to be home at this time but that's gonna cut this short I'm just being honest. Like that's where my brain goes. No, that's real. It's out of my rhythm. It's like, yeah, wait, absolutely. the plan was this, and it uh-huh. is this isn't what the plan is happening, or this isn't how the plan is happening. Uh-huh. And hold on, I need to relax. You know, mm-hmm. but you will never see that on the outside. But in my head, it's like going a million miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, scared. and I was talking to to Destiny the other day, and she was talking to me about her anxiety, and she experiences it differently too. But. Uh, 
it really is in an anxiety attack specifically it's kind of like a loss of reality it a loss of true reality that right. you um it's just not there and what you said is it's true and is a true thing to help get back to just order to focus on something specific and destiny she was having a rough time the other time she just texted me like do you have any sour candy and i was like what what are you talking about and i think she saw it on like a tiktok video which is hilarious <laughs> but when you eat TikTok. something sour i'm not this is tiktok science right now so <laughs> but it makes sense because when you eat something sour it makes your brain focus on the thing uh that's most presentable. And when you're eating something sour, like your whole body feels, you know what I mean? When you just like eat a lemon, it's like, Ooh, yeah. what is that? your whole, <laughs> your brain is completely uh, focused on that. So when you bring in another big thing that your brain can focus on, it kind of starts moving away from just the, the fear or the worry or whatever it may be. Does I, I'm not saying I, I'm genuinely asking this because uh-huh. to me, that sounds just like a band aid That's like, it's like, okay, so stop me for now. And then, because uh-huh. in my head, I'm like, when I find myself in scramble mode, I'm like, okay, why? What's going on? Okay, it's rhythm. Like, I want to deal with it. I'm not saying that people, you know, <laughs> just suffer. I'm just like, give yourself a candy if you need a candy. But, uh-huh. but you know, it's like one of those things where it's like, that's only going to help for so long. No, but that's so good that she said that because um, that happened. And she used almost that exact same language that, while it did calm her down a little bit, she still had that huge underlying feeling, but it gave her the opportunity to kind of settle down a little bit and in that moment of clarity, kind of start directing her thoughts mm. towards uh, right. something, I guess, that's more rational. Dude, that's how nicotine was for me. Really? Yeah. That was like the thing where I was like, mm-hmm. okay, hold on. This will slow me down for a second and then, you know, mm-hmm. you know. And then I can kind of hopefully straighten things out. But then as soon as it's like I'm stressing out again, it's like, okay, I need nicotine again. That's mm. so funny. That's I feel like that's what alcohol does. <laughs> yeah, it's to like me. any addiction. Same, yeah, right? where exactly where it's okay, okay, you have like a drink or two and then you're like calm and yeah. you're like, you know, feeling good. But then that's so funny. Like whenever I come out of drinking or in terms of like, okay, I've had a few drinks, whatever, it's been a couple hours, then I get that like super anxious. Like the coming off of drinking mm-hmm. is anxiety, which is super interesting that you yeah. said that's mm-hmm. what nicotine does. Yeah. For you. It's like uh but all the go going back to what you were saying was just like the idea of like, okay, this is a band-aid that'll prolong mm-hmm. exactly. and kind of keep me yeah. cool for a minute, you know? Totally. And I think that it's almost like it's more at least kind of from my opinion, it seems kind of like a it's not meant to be like a band-aid, like a solution. It's more so just like in the moment. Like I think a whole thing of like what's bringing it kind of just brings you to like, okay, what am I experiencing? It's when you're kind of starting to slip, I guess that's the best way. Because like, especially when you're going into like a deep, like panic of anxiety, like obviously the best thing is like, all right, what am I feeling? What's going on? How, how do I remedy this? Or how do I get out of this? But I think it's almost like, okay, like let's focus on this. Because sometimes if you're a deep thinker or you're somebody that's really lost in your mind, I know Dylan, you've said that's how you are many a times, but it's like, sometimes you're just, you're slipping. You're kind of like going away and you kind of know, you know, where you're, when it's that moment, your mind, like you just find yourself just going and going and going. Mm-hmm. And then eventually you like, it's like 30 minutes later. You're like, what have I been doing? Like, uh-huh. I just get, you get lost in your thoughts, Yeah. but it's more so just to bring your attention. Like, all right, like let's, 
let's think about this right here, right now. Let's not like start falling away, falling back and like recluding away from where we're at. Yeah. It reminds me of like, if you have like a big cut, right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it needs, you need more help than you can do at home. Yeah. But while you're on your way there, it's like, I got it. I need to cover this thing right now. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, you're not going to just gonna be like, oh. you know, mm-hmm. you're not going to sew it up yourself. It's like, yeah. you, have, you have to bandaid yourself up and then, but you still also need to work through and get the proper attention. Right. Right. Yeah. I think that, that's my, maybe that's my point is like, it's important to like seek the proper attention. Yeah, get your yeah. stuff taken care of. And it's so hard when you're in that moment. And I think that's when you need kind of, you need assistance at that point. Like in that moment, you you need like one other person at least kind of like talk through it. But yeah, it's like, you know, I'm grateful that Jess was there so that when I was having like an anxiety attack, luckily she's pretty well versed in this and she, you know, she went to school for stuff like this and she's like, all right, what are you feeling? What are you thinking? And she kind of sat there and I kind of had my moment and she helped me talk through it. But yeah, it's one of those things you, you kind of need somebody there. It, it's nice. If you're having an anxiety attack by yourself, I can't even imagine. Like, it was just so scary. It was a, mm-hmm. a lot of fear. And mm-hmm. I was kind of like, oh my gosh, like, what do I do? Who do I talk to? Where, like, do I, do I need to go to the hospital? Like, mm-hmm. is something wrong with me? Mm-hmm. That was like my biggest concern. Mm-hmm. Like, it, my biggest concern, I think a lot of people can relate to this, um, is that when you go through an anxiety attack or you go through periods of depression or if you have suicidal thoughts, you're immediately, um, you're going to think something's wrong with you. Like, you need help. You need you need some sort of assistance at that moment. My biggest fear, I think this is a couple of years ago when I was kind of dealing with kind of ups and down waves of depression was, do I need to go like to a psychiatrist? Do I need to get medication? Like, is this something that's really, is it that, uh, that big? Is it to that extent? So, um, if you are experiencing anxiety or depression or these suicidal thoughts, it's okay. You know, you need to go get some help. I think we all should go get some help, talk to a counselor, therapist, something, but you'll be okay. You'll be fine. You're not crazy. Talking to a counselor is like the greatest thing. Everyone should do it. Oh my God. I a hundred percent believe everyone should do it mm-hmm. and not just, Oh yeah, I did it for three months, five years ago. Like, Oh, I'm going to make sure I see a counselor. Even if you just do it quarterly throughout the year, mm-hmm. you know, once every three months, once every... It's like getting an oil change for your car. You're yeah. Like just fine-tuning. Like a, <laughs> like a mental health... Change. Yeah, that mental health the maintenance. mental oil change, dude. <laughs> no, I, I mean, like that. <laughs> I love that. That's yeah, because if you prolong it for so long, eventually, you know, if you don't get an oil change for so long, your car is going to It's done. Down. It's going <laughs> to yeah, turn into a brick. And yeah. what I found about that is like, it's not even so much what a counselor can offer you as much as it's like... You have so much in you that you want to say that you have no idea you even want to say it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like yeah. just you saying what you need to say is like a counselor doing his job or her job, you know? Uh-huh. Just then getting you know, something off your chest. Yeah. Getting something off your chest yeah. um, or whatever it is that you're holding on to in like full disclosure type of mode is very freeing. And I think that that's like comes with what a counselor does, you know? It gives you that lane to... throw up everywhere you know well also um i've only i've never had a bad counselor so i'm sure there are some out there but being able to throw up and a great counselor could see this just whatever the heck you threw up right here and like piece a few things together Mm -hmm. and you're like 
dang, like that is awesome. I can see that. I understand that. Like I'm going to go write my mom and tell her I love her. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's insane. But can we talk about really quick how important that is for a Christian to do? Because uh-huh. I think with the, for the Christian, a lot of times there's this image you have to upkeep and there's a lot of things you might have to withhold in your conversation with your peers or with your friends or whatever it is. It's like, because you have to keep an image or maybe whatever it is. And because mm-hmm. you're a Christian, you don't do bad things, right? But like to be able to say whatever you need to say is so important and you need to do it. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. When I was that summer, when I was experiencing those physical anxiety attacks, I don't think I told um, anybody at the at the church I was going to when I was back home. I didn't tell anybody who was there. The only people I felt comfortable with were my, I'm using secular quote unquote, but my <laughs> non-church-going uh, friends back at school were the only people I told. Why? Because I felt way less judged from them. <laughs> oh my God, than, that's so brutal. No, it is. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's facts. Yeah, it, it sucks. But I mean, it's, you know, getting those like judgy eyes are like, oh, you're experiencing. So what did you do? to like yeah. have anxiety attacks like Shame. what's it yeah exactly what what sin did you commit mm-hmm. to, to cause these things that's causing you to feel this way whereas you know the the non-church goers like oh my gosh like how can i help you know and i you know that's a really stark contrast um that sucks no i think that's so uh important to just talk about and just to say that because my i know specifically that my anxiety comes from shame Mm -hmm. that's directly where mine comes from and so when i get into the moments where i start think i don't um uh how do i say this i don't necessarily just see that oh i'm feeling down it's more uh i didn't I'm not a good person or I'm not good enough or I don't meet the standard that I need Mm. to meet. And it's not so much like something that I see and it's like, oh, I need to change this and fix. It's like who I am, you know, that lie that you believe that you're a bad person or that you're not good enough or that you don't meet that standard. And that's when the anxiety starts coming in for me and I'm just freaking out. Last week, it's funny though, because I can deal with it most of the time, but last week I was just sitting here eating Miguel's for lunch and my hands were just shaking like this. I'm just like cutting my, my, my Miguel's burrito. I'm just, everything's fine. Like, this is I'm fine. like yeah, I'm cool. Cause that's who I am, you know? And everything that you guys talked about, I think is very true though. It's, um, it's important for even in moments like this and groups like this to give, uh, a platform to, I guess, authenticity, because when you do that, it, it, lets other people know that, hey, it's okay to not be okay. Hey, um, we're just having conversation. We're just being real. Like, it's okay. You can do that without feeling less than, without feeling that you're going to get the finger pointed at you, um, without feeling that you're a scum of the earth, whatever it may be. And I think myself growing up as a pastor's kid, I think I like almost teetering the line between and this sounds probably terrible but i love teetering the line of um what's a good word edginess is so lame but (laughs) that that i love teetering that line because it it makes people feel uncomfortable and i think i've grown up and been around a lot of um christians who don't like to go there you know it's and or don't 
and that same mentality like oh you're doing something wrong or that's not okay and it's like yeah okay cool you could keep doing that you could keep thinking that way um keep relating to only christian people like cool you do that that's great that's fantastic but that's i don't think necessarily something that even jesus himself was concerned with you know there's the pharisees who are just like you guys know all the scriptures you guys know everything but you guys ain't living this out you know and so i think that's part of me just going back to what you said i like to i like to teeter that line a little bit you know and it's yeah. it's probably dangerous and i've talked to my pops about this and he's like well when you as you get older you'll probably change but right now I, that's probably totally true like you're younger you want to take be a little more wild just ruffle little feathers more and as you're older you get probably more conservative i guess right it just happens i don't know JT is going to stay <laughs> ruffling feathers till the casket drops. No, well, yeah, I don't know. Because I, I just think like, okay, I'm going to go here for a second. Like whenever I watch <laughs> anything like political, like speeches, I just like, okay, I'm watching this guy read what somebody else wrote for him. Uh -huh. And I'm supposed to be like, I want to follow him. <laughs> it's like, dude, I don't care what you have to say because you're not even saying what you need to say. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I feel like, there, so what my point is, is that there's no authenticity there. And uh, I would always much more appreciate somebody who is not edgier, but like authentic and is real. Like I, someone said it to me like this. They said, I'll respect every mistake you make. I'll respect every, uh, you know, bad decision. I'll respect all your flaws. It's like, but I won't respect if you just stay in them. Mm. And I was like, okay. And what he was trying to tell me was like, it's okay to be not like to be flawed. It's okay to have issues. It's okay to have problems. But don't let them, you know, defeat you. And you need to talk about them and you need to be about them and not be about them, but be open with them and, you know, push back against them. And I thought that was so true. And mm -hmm. I think my point in all this is to say, like, the church for the past, I think we're getting better at it, but for the past so many years, decades, I should say, has not been good at letting people take the mask off and has created this idea that everyone's got it together here, you know? And it's just like not helpful. It's not helpful for anybody. It keeps people where they are. And I think it kind of correlates directly what we're talking about is you f you feel like you got to hide in that shadow, which just only creates more anxiety, only puts you in a place maybe of depression, depressive state, you know, and that's not good. So I think just the idea of being authentic and the idea of just talking about what's real is important in, like I said, so for people to hear that, hey, it's okay. Yes. Like I promise you can share. I promise that you can get what's off your chest and you're not going to be like looked down upon. You're going to be respected. Like you said, we're yeah. going to love you, you know? And I think uh, creating a culture like that is conducive to lowering anxiety levels, honestly, like within communities, you know? So we, we're building a community and I think uh, to start off well, we have to do that. We have to talk about these things. We have to be vulnerable and you have to be willing to step into there. It's not always easy. It definitely is not always easy. And you could still create like the best culture ever. And it's just still tough for some people. And that's totally okay. But we always have to try our best, I think, as Christian people to meet people where they're at without carrying the stones in our hands ready to be like, I see where you are. Boom, you know? Yeah. Totally. It's interesting because I think a lot of my anxiety stems from this idea and i i think we talked about this last week too but this idea of perfection attaining some level of Absolutely. success this image of having it all together of yep. um 
you know, being this certain like perfect person. Um, and I think growing up in church, um, it's, it's hard because when you grow up as a Christian, the whole idea of Christianity is that you are trying to become more like Jesus and you're having this relationship with Jesus and you're striving, um, to build that relationship, to, to have a deeper relationship. Um, and I think so many times in my young Christian life, I, you know, it's like, okay, I've been a Christian for so long, so I need to have it this together, or I need to be at, you know, further along in my relationship with God than I feel like I am right now, um, or that I currently am. And so it was hard because whenever, obviously we're going to make mistakes. So whenever I would mess up, especially in high school, early college, um, this idea of I'm just knocking myself back in my relationship with God and just induce this anxiety of, well, I've been a Christian for so long. I shouldn't be making these mistakes again. I shouldn't still be making um, these same bad decisions. Why am I doing this? Um, mm-hmm. Why is why do I feel like I'm not progressing in my mm-hmm. relationship with God? And everyone around me is going, it's that image that you want to maintain <laughs> to everyone else. Like, oh, everyone knows I've been a Christian for uh-huh. 10, 15 years and uh-huh. they're going to look at me like, uh, oh, I can't believe Kaylee's did that. How She's, dare you? Yeah, exactly. How dare you do this when, you know, you should know better. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes, I mean, I'm still, you know, you still, still dealing with those feelings. Um, it's amazing but. to me that we all can see that we don't have our life together while simultaneously thinking that everybody oh else my. has their life together. hundred percent, yeah. The perfect example of this is, have you ever get into your friend's car and they're like, don't mind my car, it's gross. <laughs> <laughs> and every Amen. single one of your friends says that before you get into their car. Don't uh-huh. date my car's gross. Don't mind my yeah, car. It's like, what's the standard? Yeah, this, like, you know? You're embarrassed by your car? Like, go look at my car, dude. Yeah. It makes like me feel better. Cause I, so when I know like that my car is dirty and someone's like, oh, don't mind it. And it's like, I'm like oh, well, it's Everybody's a little dirty. I feel, well. I feel a little bit better. <laughs> the people that bug me are the ones that are like, oh, my car's a mess. And it's like a backpack in the backseat. <laughs> it's like, you're a joke, dude. Like, come on. It's just like the sun visor in the backseat. <laughs> oh, it's a mess right now. I didn't, I didn't wipe it down with armor all. It's like, dude, get over yourself. That but, is a great example. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just, I was just going to say that, you know, as Christians, it's like, we tell people, Bring your anxieties to God. Bring your depression to God. Bring cast these a, things. Cast all your cares on Cast him. all your cares. And then they do. And you're like, whoa. <laughs> Too, <laughs> many Too many cares. Too many. Hold on. I don't know how to deal with this. I can't help you. <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. And I think my point in that is just to be, as a Christian, is to be under in an understanding that everybody is as gross as you are, you know? Mm-hmm. And you need to let people be gross around you and be, yeah. it's just, that's just, is what it is. And I think uh-huh. if you can have that expectation, that's like, okay. Everybody is as gross as I am. It's a little bit easier to coexist in your grossness, yeah. you know? Yeah. Work through the sludge together. Yeah. And I say that because on the realm of anxiety, it's like mm-hmm. how anxious might one get thinking they're around people that are so perfect and clean, but in their head, they're like, oh my gosh, dude, I don't fit in this spot right now, but I'm mm-hmm. going to pretend like I do. Not cool. Oh, <laughs> Not cool. That's wild, dude. And even... Uh, in the in the realm of just talking about what things that can drive up anxiety, it's just, uh, especially during this time, a lot of people didn't have a lot to do. And so the comparison game and just mass information, basically, you know, is just going through everybody's head because it's on your timeline, you know, and we're, we're a human race that's addicted to our technologic, technological devices, you know, we're addicted to our phones. It's, it's the truth. And so... I think that's 
a huge contributing factor to why is the rise in anxiety because unwanted force unwanted unknown force i.e covid came in right so already when there's an unwanted like you have no control over well, out of the blue too yeah. i mean no one mm-hmm. i yeah. don't think thought something like this on this level could ever happen mm-hmm. yeah so it's a surprise it's yeah. unwanted it's unknown totally that comes in it's like oh my gosh what in the world is going on and so you see that and then you have this flood of information that you're just pouring through your head at all times uh you see people divided on so many different issues and it's just so anxiety driven it on it honestly is because there's some days where you're thinking like i need to go do this i need to go and there's other days you're like oh i don't know (laughs) and it's just it's insane how crazy um i guess life can be right now but it doesn't have to be that way i don't think because uh, we should have said this to start but there is an actual devil there's an actual god and i truly believe that he wants us to cast all our cares on him because he cares for you and he can take those things and i know my brother it's like my brother's life message because when he looked I, i believe it in to the greek and stuff and even just the word cast he thinks like casting a fish a fishing pole and like when you do that you don't just like uh, like oh little baby one it's like you give all your might and you're like mm-hmm. boom and so when we do those things and just get to unload and get to unwind and share with god like this is my anxiety this is my care he can actually receive that fully and also help you uh kind of navigate through that and i wholeheartedly believe that when you're when you're um on your knees praying worshiping reading the bible i truly believe that god gives you a sense of peace that surpasses all understanding it's like one of the most well-known verses but it's so true you know and even though the world around us may be chaotic there's always a consistent peace and a consistent kind of driving force that is behind everything uh, and that's not to say that you're still not going to be filled with anxiety from time to time. But I truly believe that it can help you um, be pointed in the right direction, you know? Right. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to say <laughs> I something. I did too. I thought you looked I don't know. Just, I'm, I'm just affirming. <laughs> no, I thought you were going to say something. But what do you guys think about just like all of like this stuff filling our timelines with anxiety, you know? I'm sick of Instagram. Yeah. I'm sick of social Same. media right now. Uh-huh. I was just talking to a, talking to my girlfriend about this. She's like, I, I got to get off it for a little bit because it's just how we, we talked about a couple months ago. It, it's so much. And I don't feel like it's causing me a lot of stress right now, but I, I'm kind of just tired. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of having all of that information being thrown in my face at the same time. And I'll keep it real. Like 90% of it is just memes. Like that's just me. <laughs> if, if you see my Instagram, it's like memes and food and places where I want to go. But it's just a lot of stuff. Like at the end of the day, I think all this information is for a good reason. The majority of the time to share knowledge and to, you know, oh, I, I want to show my friends what I'm doing. But at times I'm like, it's just so many people's opinions and thoughts and some of them are good, but I don't want to hear all of that all the time. I think in doses and or just having face-to-face interaction, I think that's what's been the hardest part about COVID is mm-hmm. since we don't have those face-to-face interactions, we're constantly pouring things on the internet and receiving things on the internet. And it's just not healthy. We were not made to live like this. We weren't made to be cooped up and to put things on a little computer and then have all of our information in going and outgoing through there. 
But yeah, I'm just kind of, I'm over at this point. I just needed one of those little, little detox, but mm-hmm. it's just, it's not, it's not good for us at the end of the day. you find your mind more clear? When I'm not using that stuff, yeah. I feel like it takes a couple of days where I am, uh, I'm like, what do I do with all this extra time? You still and keep pulling your phone out. I do. Like, oh yeah. And I have one, I have like a screen time reminder. So it's like, I'm only allotted Mm-hmm. one hour on Instagram. And even then, I, I feel like I've been on it more than ever, mm-hmm. even though it's one hour. I feel like it's like one hour straight that I've been on it. Or one thing that's been bad lately is I'll wake up and I'll kind of like crack one eye open and I'll go through my timeline and then that's kind of like how I wake up. And I feel like that's just bad. I agree with everything you're saying 100% because our brains, we're ne- we've never been living in a time where our brain is being asked so to speak, to process so much information. Uh, we Like there's never been a time mm-hmm. where our brains have been asked to do this. And I don't th- truly think that we were made to intake all of this information. And I find that when I'm doing it, it just increases my uh, stress and anxiety, like shoots it through the roof. And you have to actively really um, push it to the side, you know, like get it away. Well, and- I feel like too with all of it, because it's so unprecedented and something – we've never dealt with individually and as a society on a whole, I think we're trying to figure out what's, what's right, what's wrong, <laughs> what's false, what's real. Uh-huh. And this idea of, of a blurred reality almost of not knowing like what to believe or, or um, it's a spectrum. I, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's things that are said that are totally completely untrue. And then there's things that I think are definitely true. It's, but where, where do we fall? Mm-hmm. within that spectrum and uh-huh. i think our brain's like trying to decipher what's real and what's not i think for mm-hmm. me causes a lot of anxiety of, you know trying to <laughs> find the answers i mean yeah. but isn't that in life what causes a lot of anxiety trying to find the answers yeah. i think not we're on knowing. like an overload of that right now uh-huh. even you you're telling me during golf like finding the answers of being the dad you know oh, is yeah. just like the heck do I do? <laughs> yeah. yeah, where do you even begin? Oh my <laughs> I don't know. Though. They told me to read a book and I didn't really read it. So maybe I could have said that. <laughs> that might but, have helped a little bit. <laughs> but I think the other thing too about social media is like you have this, uh, these random strangers telling you what's actually important. Mm. <laughs> Making you believe that no, this is important. No, you need to focus on this. You need to have your attention on this. You need to be paying attention to this. And Half the time, none of us want to pay attention to any of those things, but then we feel guilty. Like, why well, shouldn't I need to figure out what's going on? Or we feel like we're going to miss out. Or we feel like we're not going to be in the loop if we don't. Getting FOMO. That's so right. true. Too. And yeah. I'm hopefully to free somebody that you don't need to be in the loop. <laughs> like, you don't, that's not important for you. And I've learning that having my son being born, it's like how irrelevant most of this stuff really is. And if I look at my day to day life, here are the things that are important. And mm-hmm. honestly, like, these aren't important. Okay, it's election year. Maybe that's kind of important. Maybe uh-huh. look into some of that. Maybe vote for you know whatever you're gonna vote for. That's important. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it's like they'll try to tell you that everything's important, and mm-hmm. I think that is you know anxious anxiety filling in itself, thinking that you need to have an opinion and a thought on everything, mm-hmm. and sometimes you don't. Mm-hmm. Like for me now, it's like I don't need to have an opinion and a thought on those things. I just like want to be a dad and like a husband and go to work. Hopefully. Mm-hmm take some strokes off my golf game (laughs) and I'm good. You know, it's interesting because I don't have a kid and that 
is a, just a little bit of a different perspective than mine, but it's just cool to see that, hey, there's there's different walks of life that people are in, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I can imagine having a kid, that means he's numero uno and probably almost little to nothing matters besides that. Yeah, that's why Jerry stresses me out when he's late. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but it's true. It's true. Um, we'll close up on this. We'll have a little bit here. What do you think people should do when they're feeling overwhelmed with anxiety? Honestly, eat sour candy. We talked about that. Uh, sure. Um, definitely stay away from your unhealthy coping mechanisms because that's like the first place I want to go. Mm. First place I want to go when I'm feeling stressed, anxious, tired is just go straight back to those things that kind of have messed me up quote unquote oh yeah yeah it's just it's a it's a bad habit so we're like oh you know what you feel safe there um but yeah stay away from those but i would say talk to somebody mm-hmm. and i mean yeah if you're having like an extreme mental breakdown like maybe get emergency help or something like that but mm-hmm. even if you're just feeling a little bit overwhelmed just tell that significant other in your life tell your friends hey dude, like hey dude can we get coffee tomorrow like i i gotta talk to you about some stuff i am kind of going through it right now mm-hmm. You got to put it out in the world and mm-hmm. put it all over your Instagram so everyone can see. It's just like, just to talk to somebody about it. Because if you keep it to yourself, it's just going to get worse. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not something that you want to hold in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Talking to people is so, so important. And I think something for me that's, I, I mean, I'm continuously working on, but <laughs> this is going to sound cliche, but prayer but not yes. in the sense of yes. structure. Not in the yes. sense of hate yeah. that prayer is cliche. Yes. No, mm-hmm. well, I hate that. that. No, totally. I know what you mean, but yeah. I hate that that's the case. Totally. Right. And I think, and for me, it looks more like because I think there's this idea of structure prayer. Like, okay, I need to bow my head, close my eyes, have this like very polite conversation with God. Whereas sometimes when I'm anxious, <laughs> it looks like yelling. Or mm-hmm. screaming or in my head. I'm like, why We've is all this cussed happening? at God, be honest. You know, like, totally. Be yeah. honest. Multiple times. Yeah. I have, I swear. For real, really. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's a definitely a healthy fear in that too. And It's like, I'll still be respectful, but, you know? I, yeah. Like, I don't, I've never done it to the point where it's like, to you. Like, I don't say it to him. Well, because my Which thought, is I have. yes, my exactly. thought is that like, does, you, you have, know, or yeah, know what I Yeah, feel. I was going through something where I remember driving on, I was driving on like the 55 freeway. I was coming back home from something and I don't have to get into too much detail because we're wrapping up. Just there was something in my life that didn't go as planned and I was sick of it. I was like, you know what? I was letting him have it. You and the birds to heaven? Yeah, absolutely. I remember driving through like a when you're going through the toll road, you know, it takes your picture. I remember I was like, dude, I hope it captures this. And I was just full bore and I was, it's probably one of the most angriest I've Wait, ever been in my entire life. the toll roads? No, I was like straight up to the heavens, dude. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Later, the next day, I remember I sat there like driving to my my dead end job at the time. I was like, I'm sorry, guys. You know, I might have been overreacting a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was wallowing. But yeah, I've I've gone straight up and I was talking to him. I was like, you're gonna, all right, man. You want to talk? Let's freaking talk. Mm-hmm. And that's and I was okay. Because I mean, Jacob wrestled with God. It's okay to, yeah. I think for so long. I felt I can't question anything that's happening because it's God's plan. But mm-hmm. you know what? It's okay to be like, to let those feelings out. Like, why is this happening? Why do I feel this way? Why are you letting, you know, just getting that frustration out helps so much. And if God wants us to have those conversations with him. 
I agree wholeheartedly. I think it's so important to do those things because if we're Jacob, like you said, wrestle with God, that's a great example. But if we're people who think that God can't handle our stuff, yeah. oh man. Or that we're less Christians for doubting God. He, yes. Right. Oh man, Gosh. dude. For flipping the bird to God. <laughs> well, Jared is. Yeah. I'm, I'm just Can kidding. Can I say that side next time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like I kept it real. Everyone else is keeping a little, it smells like phony in here. <laughs> I know we're talking about being honest, huh? But, um, no, that is seriously so so healthy to to do to do those things, and then like Jerry was talking about that, coupled with talking to people, human relations. Exactly. Ooh, that's a recipe for success. You know, that's a recipe for like, ooh, say less. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. this is great. This is amazing. And so, Preach. I think those two things coupled together is, and it's just funny because I said this last week too, but. Ba- the basically the Christian faith, building relationships with people and communicating with God. Crazy. The two tenets. Yeah. Would have love it. God and love your neighbor. Yes. <laughs> Crazy, right? Yeah. Can I ask something to that? <laughs> there yeah, we go. Okay. Because I think I agree with both of those things. And yep. I think what we sh- should also encourage people to do is not wait for it to boil over before you talk to somebody is like I kind of what's the word i kind of i believe like in the maintenance of it too where it's like i think the oil change oh that mental oil change yes yes and i believe that it's important that whether it's weekly or whatever that you're you are constantly talking about people to prevent the you know because let me give you an example of why i say this i have a a few people that for covenant eyes there's a few people which is basically so they don't get on certain websites and i get emails of what the websites they've been on right and I thought this is great, but then I realized that I get a report on the websites after they've already gone on the websites. So it's like, well, they already gone on it. So what's I'm? Just, what are you telling me? It's like it's already happened. And I feel like there's ways to prevent ourselves from getting to those pla- those spaces in anxiety where it's not like, hey, it's too late, and I need to try to repair what's a shattered pot, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and those things are in prayer daily, and in community as often as you can, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think once we can get to that, and the statistic you said is like, what, 50 something percent? Yeah. It makes sense that in complete isolation for a lot of people that they're stressed out and not Mm -hmm. having a good go at it, right? Mm -hmm. It's not the recipe that the the Bible offers. And Mm -hmm. all I'm saying is to be mindful about these things ahead of time so you don't find yourself too far gone, right? To where you're like, I really need help now, you know, Mm -hmm. that's all. No, I agree wholeheartedly. It's been good. Yeah, it's been really good. Well, wrap it up. I feel like eh? it went so fast. Yeah, it really did. Yeah, that did. flew by. Wow. Yeah. Good talk. There's a lot of good stuff talked about, but uh, Kaylee, thanks for being here again. Thanks for having me. Round two. Round two. Loved it. <laughs> Jerry, thanks for being here, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me. I'm I guess. <laughs> Jake. Yeah. Thank-, <laughs> thank you, sir. Love you all. But uh, yeah, we love you guys and hopefully this helps. Hopefully it just helped maybe to get some perspective and know that you're not alone in any of this. There are people who are going through the same things to an extent as you and can really help. Uh, we're better together, basically, is what I'm trying to allude to. I was going to take forever to get there, but I was just like, you know what? We're better together. <laughs> that's we just are. that's just what it's going to be. And so we love you guys. Uh, maybe go watch a movie. 
because right it's oh. you, what is it you said that the movies are open yeah, on friday and on so fr- is the so friday. is our gym and the el gimnasio in the riverside county at least i don't know yeah uh, everybody's county, been open why aren't you going <laughs> hey so, it's a small gym let's wrap this up real quick wow. <laughs> we gotta go you, gotta talk you, to you have a gym at the station though too huh i do but then i have another one all the equipment's outside really <laughs> yeah it's too pretty hot. hood <laughs> that's cool that's why i go at 7 a.m Oh, that's not bad. Anyways, we we love you guys and we'll see you later. Bye. 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 Bye.